Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. is up grinders welcome to an mma grinders live uh for the ufc fight night singapore i don't even know what number they're on anymore i am your host uh mike brown h3 buddha uh i'm here with my good friend and the one and only uh bb bomb brett apley brett how are we doing? Are we going to be able to uh, stay up for this early morning card? Very early for you. Yeah, I, I'm doing well. Um, this might be the first card in like the last two years that I, that I just don't follow at all because it starts, so it starts at 1.30 a.m. Pacific time. And like, even if I wanted to stay up to that point, it doesn't seem fun for me to watch like a couple fights and then just go to like, what am I going to do? Watch the Pudalova Jiao Kim fight and then, you know, go to sleep. I, I can't stay up all night. I just can't do it at this point. The other option is me sleeping early and then waking up at like four or five or whatever. But then, then I'm stuck just watching the main card and like, I really could care less about getting up for Holly Holm, Bechkohea, and like Arlovsky type. It's just, um, so yeah, it, it might be one of those where I just wake up in, in the morning and, and try not to look at Twitter. Although knowing myself, that probably won't work. Uh, I, I kind of do wish I was in the, on the East Coast so I could just wake up at you know wake up at five and then just watch the entire card. So is that is that what you're planning on doing? Yeah, yeah, you made the good point. I was thinking of kicking it old school, just trying to do an all-nighter, but uh, I don't I don't think I'm going to go that route. Um, what I do think is uh, I will wake up early in the morning and try to watch it. Um, yeah. I guess the one concern is, and I, I wasn't even thinking of it, is uh, potentially fights getting scratched. I mean, that could be a thing that we need to watch out for. What, uh, what would you suggest if you're going to be taking it serious, trying to grind out some money this week? Uh, it's a tough week, but um, you got to be on top of these things. Yeah, I mean, it, if you're going to make a bunch of lineups and you know you're not going to be up at that time, just know that something could go wrong. Uh, it's happened before it'll happen again uh, odds are a fight won't get scrapped in the last hour but it could happen um, otherwise I, I think this is a card that we don't have to play heavy on there, there's a lot of great cards coming up um, I'll still play even though I'm not even though I might not watch it live but uh, you know you, this isn't the card that you need to dump your entire bankroll on I think there's a lot of I think a lot of us will be on the same page with a lot of these fights there's not a lot of um, 
I, I see a lot of lobby, a lot of heavy ownership on, on favorites, especially. And, and there's just not a lot of underdogs that stand out. Um, the contests aren't bad though. So there's, there's still money to be won. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I was thinking the same thing There's always money to be won. And especially if you get up, I mean, you're going to be able to see if there's something you might be able to get an edge there. So you never know, you know, make sure you uh, put yourself in a good spot. Um, what do you think we just roll right into some fights or you want to uh, talk about premium? Yeah, I was going to say, and if you want a real edge, you should definitely check out the MMA premium section here on Rotor Grinders. Um, I've already broke, broken down most of the fights. I just haven't uploaded them. So after I get off the pod, uh, I'm going to finish writing up these breakdowns. I'll release them. So it'll be full fight breakdowns of every fight. Um, then I'll get into the projections, which have ownership uh, projections as well. Rankings from myself, from you now, and several other great guys in the industry. Uh, and then I'll be importing that stuff to the lineup builder. So if you would like to use my projections um, and, and check out the lineup builder and, and make a ton of GPP lineups or use the optimal builder, that's all in there. It's only $5.99. I still think it's a great value. Um, and of course, premium chat. I don't quite know how how active premium chat's going to be at 4:30 in the morning Pacific time, but or Eastern time. But I I actually expect people to be in there. So um, there's a lot of hardcore fans and a, and a good good community here on Rotor Grinder. So I do expect people to be in there watching fights. Uh, I definitely welcome you to to check it out if you're up at that time. Yeah, no one's going to be awake at that time anyways, but the people that are <laughs> are probably going to be in there. So you definitely yeah. want to uh, sweat it out with the guys. Let's uh, let's kick it off. The whole card is going to be on Fight Pass. So they claim this is a free event as it is, but uh, you do need Fight Pass to watch the fights. So uh, the uh, prelims, we have Lucy Pudilova versus Ji-Yeon Kim. Uh, Pudilova opened as a slight favorite uh, minus 130 versus Kim's uh, plus 110 uh, money's come in on Kim over the week um, you know I don't know what to really see on this one it's there's a lot of really low tier fighters on this card so you know anything can happen um, I kind of like one side on this and uh, I'm hoping you like the other so at least we can uh, go back and forth you want us to argue here I hope. I hope. Well, we can. I I kind of like Kim in this spot. Um, there there's there's so little to go off of. I, I just know that what I've seen from Pudalova, uh, she has a decent range striking game, but that you know that's really about it. I don't think she's dangerous anywhere. She looked okay in, in her last fight against um, Landsberg, but uh, I don't see much upside on her in terms of her career in the UFC and I see potential in this Kim girl she's 6 and 2 so the two that's two draws um she does have a bit of wrestling and like things that I look for on on, on fighters like this uh it's not necessarily their wins you know how they finish it's like there's little things that I see from her in her scrambles uh for example I've seen her get stuck in bottom in bottom half guard and, and she's able to transition to her knees, transition to top position and like little things like that, I think translate 
uh, if you go up in terms of level of opponent. And I think these are things that, that could be effective. Maybe Kim won't win this fight, but I do think she's a live dog. And there's, I, I only think there's a few live dogs on this card. So I think Kim can win. And if she does win, I think she'll probably land a few takedowns. I also think she won't be highly owned. So do I see her finishing? Do I see up, huge upside on her? Probably not, but I'm willing to take a couple shots on Kim because uh, she's really one of few underdogs who I, who I do think can pull off the victory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I happen to be on the other side of this one. I just think Lucy has the experience here. Um, she's been in a fight. Uh, do you think she won last fight against Landsberg? Uh, I, I, I think no. she edged it. I think she edged it with the striking. She outstruck her really pretty well, good. It's half the game strikes i know it's half the game oh. <laughs> but i know but uh i think that her pure, uh, pure volume i mean it's not it's not johanna style but the volume is going to be there it ultimately unfortunately does come down to how uh fight metric scores these i mean some of them could just be jabs and we don't even know what they're going to be or not but she is throwing a lot in volume so Sure. And she's also hittable. And I think Kim hits hard. So I expect both girls to get hit. I don't have a, a huge problem with Pudalova. I'll probably have her in some, some of my lineups just because I, I won't be dumpster diving on a lot of these fighters. So I'll be forced to take a lot of shots in the mid range. Um, Cause I want that six out of six. And I think Pudalova might just randomly end up on the winning lineup because you can't afford anyone else. Um she could win. She very well could win. I think it's a very close fight. Wouldn't be shocked either way. Yeah. And she is the bigger girl, not by much, just a teeny bit. Um, but yeah, it is. It, there seems to be on this card, a lot of strikers versus grapplers. I mean, we know the big one on the card that you and I are uh, going to go uh, over later on, but it, it seems like the UFC's matchmaking is getting these fights spot on. Um, yeah. So. Well, I can't, I honestly can't, think of anything else to say on on Pudalova Kim so no on to the next no problem the next fight two more unknowns <laughs> we have Naoki Inu versus Carl's Johns de Tomas um we have uh Naoki Inu at a minus uh 275 favorite versus uh de Tomas is plus 235 um this is basically like what we would be handed if we got a bellator card two unknown guys that have never been in the ufc um you rarely do see this in the ufc so uh i know you and i both looked at footage um early you know in the industry everyone's looking at anua uh do you think we could see an upset here in de tomas yeah i do it's in a way by the way uh that's one. We need a counter on the side of the screen. No, I'm definitely interested in this fight because Inouye is a very slick submission grappler. I wouldn't call him elite, but he's very long, very lengthy, uh, good in transition on the ground. He's going to pull out arm bars, uh, triangles, he'll, he'll sweep, things like that. Um, and I think it's possible that, that he gets a submission and gets a few transitions. So I'm definitely interested in him from a tournament perspective. I'm also interested in Tomas because I don't think anyone's going to be on him. And from what I've seen, he actually has a more well-rounded game than anyway. Um, anyway, very upright and long and, and 
but he doesn't have the wrestling game. And Tomas does have some wrestling and he also has some, you know, some striking. So uh, if the fight stays standing, I think it could be close. I, I really don't know. I don't see other guy knocking each other out. I think both will get their licks in, but most likely this fight ends up on the ground. I think it's going to be Tomas that gets it there. I don't think Inoue is going to be the one landing the takedowns. I do think it's going to be Tomas. Um, and so that just depends on, you know, it's going to lead into either Inoue getting the sweeps and the submission off his back or on top, or it's going to lead to uh, Tomas being able to defend them well, getting multiple takedowns, getting some passes. So for the price, and I think Tomas is being overlooked, he's, I'm definitely interested in him um, on DraftKings, not confident that he's going to win. This is his UFC debut. Really, who knows what, what kind of level uh, to expect from him. But uh, yeah, this is definitely a fight that, that has my interest. Yeah, uh, definitely going to target this one in general. Um, it's just, it should be pretty action-packed. Um, I, the only thing I would be scared of is I did see uh, in Tomas's fights, he would just shoot in and it wasn't much going on on the ground, but I'm hoping that uh, Naoki is able to kind of like keep the positions going because I don't know, he, I could see him from the bottom trying to throw something up too. He is pretty tricky. And like you said, he is long. No, definitely. Uh, he could definitely submit him off his back, but I think that, yeah. And I, but it could be rinse repeat too. It could be one of those takedown stands back up, throws, throws, takes him down. Um, and it's weird because I did I did watch Inui Inui, in a way in a way in a way okay I got it finally uh, uh, but he's Inui is uh, one hundred five to finish inside and um, the Tomas is uh, plus six ninety five so uh, it's obvious that they think that he will win if he wins by a submission inside. Um, but I do think that, what do you think? It goes maybe six, seven out of 10 times. It goes the distance in this fight, probably. I, mean, I think if Tomas wins, it's, it's much more likely to go to decision. I think if anyway wins, it's much more likely to end inside the distance, but it could also go to decision. So my guess is that it goes to decision, but it's, there's still a significant chance that it, it doesn't. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Sure. I mean, ownership <laughs> wise, I don't think anyone's talking about Tomas. I think a lot uh, of people are very, very high on Inoue. And uh, it's, it's an interesting play because I, I haven't heard him anywhere being talked up. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it could blow up in my face. He could get submitted in a minute, but I think he's going to get some takedowns. Uh, and I think he's going to be low owned. So, um, you know, this is in a way he's 19 years old. You know, I don't, he's no elite prospect by any means. He can certainly lose. He will lose. Uh, this could very well be the time. So I like Tomas a bit. All right. Well, I think we're both on the same page for that one. Let's uh, move on to the next fight where we have Kwon Ho Kwok, one of the best names. Uh, he's the handsome one uh, versus Russell Doan. Uh, we have, Doan at a plus 105 and Quok's the favorite at minus 125. Um, well, Quok came in on a late notice uh, last time and was taken down, was it 11 times last fight? And we have Doan who's just been losing and losing bad. What do you have in this one? Um, 
I favor Quok very slightly. I think uh, I think the odds are about right. It's really a striker versus grappler matchup, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, Quok got taken down 11 times, and I noted that he had kind of poor takedown defense coming into that fight. But you don't get taken down 11 times without getting back up to your feet 10 times. Um, he showed the ability to scramble. He showed the ability to get back up to his feet, and he defended the first level of exchanges pretty well. Brett Johns is no slouch, and I don't think Doan's as efficient of a wrestler as Johns. So uh, I think this is close. If Doan wins, it's probably going to come through the, the takedowns. And if Kwok wins, it's going to be because he defends those takedowns and, and lands the harder, cleaner strikes throughout the fight. Uh, I think you're going to see a fair amount of people on Doan. Uh, he's a pretty popular underdog pick, and it, the takedowns are, are obvious if you just look at 11 takedowns uh, against Quok in his last fight. Um, Doan is one of the few dogs who I think can win, so I will have exposure to him. Uh, I'll also, again, similar to Pudalova, uh, I do favor Quok, but I will have some exposure to him because I'll, I'll be forced to target around the mid-range, and I think he could land a fair amount of significant strikes and, and, and get a win at probably not a huge ownership. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I see Doan. Uh, Doan's real path is going to be to wrestle him, take him down. And um, Kwok has definitely got the huge advantage on the feet. And I could totally see uh, Doan shooting in for a takedown and Kwok just catching him. I mean, that's very well possible. Um, but definitely one you're going to want to have uh, exposure to in all formats, probably. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next fight where we see, uh, Lee Jong Lang versus Frank Camacho, uh, Frank Camacho making his debut, uh, Lee Jong, the favorite at minus 420 versus Camacho's plus 335. Uh, who do we have the, uh, veteran here versus the newcomer? What do, uh, what do we think on this one? This fight's going to be an absolute war for as long as it lasts. Uh, Camacho just he ha like he has like three minutes of, of gas in him, and he will try to kill you in those three minutes. Um, the, the the thing that I don't like most about him is that he fought like two weeks ago, and uh, so he's getting this you know fight on short notice. But it's because he literally just fought. So you know you you train for it you peak and then you're down and normally you start back over but now he has to jump right back up to to jing liang who's a, a real tough guy um camacho the only way he wins this fight is by early knockout in my opinion jing liang got hurt in his last fight i think camacho can hurt him and finish him i don't think it's a super likely outcome though uh camacho in his last fight it, it was so sloppy like it, it was a brawl for, for I think, two rounds, and uh, he ended up mounted. He ended up with his back taken, and he would just kind of, like, stand up and get out of it or, like, roll out of it, and he ended up getting an arm trial in the second round. Like, no UFC-level fighter, if he fought like that in the second round, he, he would have beat. Most UFC-level fighters would have finished him fairly easily. Um, of course, that was because he had already expended all his energy. So uh, I think... Jing Liang will probably have to weather that early storm in the first few minutes, but once he does, I think he'll have a great chance to finish him either on the ground or on the feet. Uh, Camacho's really first couple minute KO or bust. So yes, Camacho is worth a shot in tournaments because I think he has first round knockout upside, 
but I'm not expecting that outcome. Um, I think most likely Jing Liang gets a finish probably in the second round. Um, and the only, the only problem with him is he's super expensive. Uh, but I do think he probably has the highest upside in the upper tier because the fight is going to be so highly, uh, you know, fast paced. That just means points are going to, to be scored one way or the other. So, um, if Jing, if Jing Liang wins in the second round, he could still score 120. Uh, maybe you won't even be able to afford him on the winning lineup, but, uh, I do think he has upside. So I'm willing to target him even for the price. Yeah. It's funny how many people over time have written him off. I mean, his last fight, I I don't think anyone really was on him. I know maybe a few people were, but that was it. Very select few Camacho. Yeah. Like you said, he was durable in his fight, but that might be one of his few, uh, real, you know, assets i mean the submission you know I, don't, I just don't think he has any submission stuff too really it's, it's right. going to be striking that leads to a submission but um definitely i'm i'm gonna have a lot of ownership on uh laying and i'll probably be i'm probably going scrubs and stars for this one uh and targeting fights that will have go the distance so we can talk about that later but uh, i'll probably have a lot overweight on the field of uh jing Lang. cool uh, let's, uh, move on to the next fight. Uh, big fight that everyone's looking forward to in the flyweight division. We see Justin Scoggins versus Alka Sasaki. Uh, we see Scoggins is a five to one favorite minus 500 versus Alka Sasaki's four to one. Um, he was able to hang in there with Wilson Hayes Sasaki and we've seen Scoggins, man. I mean, he shows what he can do. His potential is out of the, control uh what do we think uh draftings wise um leaning probably scoggins in this one yeah the next couple of fights are my favorite for DraftKings. um i i have a pretty strong read on this i, I think scoggins is better everywhere um i know people will be on sasaki because you look at scoggins record and he has two submission losses and sasaki literally all he can do is is win by submission and i don't i don't mean that rudely but that's the only way he's going to win this fight um but you look at scoggins like his last loss against pedro munoz he was dominating that fight for the first round and a half he slipped munoz rushed in he reached up and grabbed the leg and munoz just jumped on a guillotine like i don't think he did anything wrong it's not like oh scoggins sucks at uh submission defense and even if you say he's not great at, at defending submissions like he also dominated ray borg everywhere uh which uh, borg's a lot better of a fighter than sasaki is sasaki his best weapon is taking the back and getting the rear naked choke borg his best weapon is getting the takedown getting the back and getting the choke and borg is way better at it than sasaki and Scoggins schooled him on the ground. He looked phenomenal as a grappler. And on the feet, he's a Steven Wonderboy type striker. So I think the easiest path to victory for Scoggins is just to stay it, keep it standing and just pick Sasaki apart with his range. Um, Sasaki, I don't think he'll finish the fight, but I, I would be shocked to see Sasaki winning a striking battle here. And I don't think Sasaki can get the takedown. I do think Scoggins can get the takedown and 
Um, so it really just depends on what Scoggins wants to do. If, if Sasaki wins, I think it's because Scoggins shoots for a takedown and gets transitioned on and, and gets just caught. Um, but I'm certainly not going to invest any of my money in that outcome if other people are going to be on Sasaki, and I think they will. So I really think Scoggins wins this fight handily. Um, I just don't love him for DraftKings because I don't think he's likely to finish, and I don't think I, – I, I think it would be dumb for him to try and get a ton of takedowns. And those are really the only two ways he pays off the price at, at whatever he is, 9.3. Cash games, maybe, but not in tournaments. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm on the same page here. I don't see where Saki can really win this fight uh, anywhere. Um, the concern is, uh, DraftKings-wise, can he pay off his high price tag when the heavy hitters that can get knockouts in the first round? Um, yeah, definitely I'm on the same page here. Uh, don't really think there's anything else to say. I, do, I, I understand people that are punting Sasaki because he's probably going to score points in three rounds he's probably going to survive, but uh, that's about all I have for that one. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next fight where we see Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres versus Rolando D. Uh, we see uh, Bruce Leroy come in at a minus 325 favorite and Rolando D at a plus 265 dog. Um, we have Bruce Leroy, the veteran man versus a newcomer in this one. Uh, Rolando D has fought some interestingly ranked opponents in his history. Uh, what do you see on this one? Um, you know, it, it's impossible to trust either guy, I think. I'm not super interested in it from a DraftKings perspective. I think D is, you know, he's a kickboxer. He has a real strong rear, rear kick, mostly like a leg kick. I think the most damage he's going to do is by throwing the kick either solo or ending combinations with it. Um, he's not going to out grapple Caceres. He's not going to land a ton of takedowns on Caceres. And I don't think he finishes Caceres. So it's really just the significant strikes um, I think it's possible he wins. Caceres is really inconsistent, but but uh, I do think Caceres should be the favorite here. You know, he's fought much better competition. He's beaten better competition. Um, he'll he'll use his own range, his own striking. Uh, it might be close on the feet, but I also think Caceres can land a takedown or two. He's shown the ability to do that, and I think he has a probably a significant advantage on the ground so overall i think Casares should be favored um he could get a submission maybe but I, i'm just not confident in it i just rather put my money elsewhere it's like as simple as that Casares can win by submission uh or, you know or in theory he can't finish the fight i i just don't want to invest in it much there are other plays i like more and same on the on the side of d there are just other underdogs that i like more uh, so D isn't your boom pick? No, no. He doesn't wrestle at all. Yeah. It, that's, unfortunately, that's where it starts uh, on DraftKings is it's got to be. And, I mean, 7,100, he – I mean, we don't really know. Could, could he be knocked out? Could Leroy potentially finish the fight? Or what do you, what do you see there? I mean, How sure, he, he could, but, like, anyone could, right? No, of course, but – I. Vegas is seeing this one at what? Let's see uh, quickly. Uh, minus one thirty to go two and a half. So 
it's one of the ones that is actually a little bit longer than the other ones. I think it likely goes to decision, but um, I wouldn't be shocked if it ends in a finish, but there's just, there's plays above him and below him that I think probably score more regardless. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I'm on the same page, just well-rounded uh, Caceres versus there's a striker in D. Uh, let's move on to the heavyweights uh, on the fight. We have uh, Cyril Asker uh, versus Walt Harris, the big ticket. Uh, we see uh, Walt Harris as a 9,200 DraftKings price tag and Asker as 7,000. Uh, Walt Harris is the favorite at uh, minus 345 and Asker at 285 underdog. What do you see in this one? I see a lot of people high, high, high on Walt. Are you uh, all aboard the uh, big ticket or what? Yeah, I, I think Harris is a pretty obvious play. Um, Asker, I just don't think he's very good. I don't think he's a UFC level fighter. Um, Harris, I think, is the better wrestler, better better striker, has more power, and he's probably more durable. Um, this is heavyweight, so you know Harris is no technical marvel. He could get knocked out. Asker has enough power, but I think Asker is probably going to try to get the takedown. It's not going to work, and then Harris is going to finish him probably early in this fight. My concern is that if this goes to the second round, Harris might not pay off the price. If it goes to the second round, like we saw in his last fight um, against Sherman, and I think he scored like 96 points against Sherman. Harris is expensive. I think you're going to need more than 100 points out of him, which probably means a first-round finish. Uh, and like I just said, I think he probably does get a first-round finish, but he's going to be popular. And even if he wins, he might not pay it off. So I think there's merit to looking elsewhere. Um, but just – Breaking it down from a pure analysis standpoint, Harris looks like he's in a good spot and should probably score pretty highly. Yeah, and I i mean, it's a heavyweight fight, so I can see a lot of people probably in tournaments penciling in Asker just to get relief, too. I mean... I don't know. I was going to ask you about that. You think yeah. people will go after him? Yeah, because one of the first names I looked at the card, and it's really sad, I was like, Searle Asker at 7K? I mean, he's got the upside. And I think as the fight goes on, he probably does have an advantage as it goes on. We don't really know because we never. I really don't think see. so. You don't even. No, I think it's early. I think it's early. I think the longer it goes, the more advantage Harris has. Do you? So, do you think Asker will be more popular than Arlovsky? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's I don't. Just, I don't think so. I, I think Arlo. He's a bigger name. I. I mean, he's been knocked yeah. out. What? three of the four or four times i mean yeah. it's, no, it's I getting ugly so i mean i just i think when you see asker coming off a win it's going to boost his ownership and like i say at seven thousand, that opens up a lot of options i mean you're still going to have to take a mid-tier or go below asker but i mean if you yeah. get asker in there you're able to do a lot up top so i think he'll be very popular because of that if you play him you're askering to lose a lot of money uh, right that was yeah. pretty good i, th was I good. just that, i thought of that just now yeah no a plus um that's okay we're just gonna cash the big ticket right <laughs> oh touche i like it oh uh, well 
Guess we're going to move on before we get in too much trouble with that <laughs> one. I think we lost half the audience on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just move on to a pretty clear-cut one on this next one. We have John Tuck versus Takanali Gomi. We have John Tuck as the favorite, uh, 8,800 on DraftKings at, uh, versus Gomi's 7,400. Vegas sees this fight as uh, minus 320 in Tuck's favor and Gomi as a 260 underdog. Um, I just don't even believe Gomi's still in the UFC, and I really hate to see how this is going to end. But we both know that Tuck has been known to mess it up. Yeah. Um, sorry. I was just thinking if there was any puns for this fight, but, uh, it's an obvious fight to analyze. Um, Gomi is well past his prime. He, he really shouldn't be fighting anymore. And he's been knocked out in three straight, um, not knocked out cold, but he gets hurt real easily. And then just kind of turtles up. Is John Tuck the best fighter in the world? No, but um, he's not a bad fighter. He's a jiu-jitsu – I think he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Uh, he, talented on the ground. He strikes well enough um, that I think he probably hurts Gomi. And, you know, Tuck fades, but I don't think Gomi has 15 minutes of gas in him. So Gomi's probably going to go crazy early. He's probably going to get hurt early and Tuck's probably going to finish him in the first round or the second round. Um, I think Tuck's an obvious tournament play. He's got a great prop to win inside the distance, but so do you think Gomi's worth a, a play at all? Um, I mean, if you're making a contrarian lineup and you need somewhere just to you know, try to think of ownership wise, sure. But I mean, you're talking one share and that's it. I mean, he is, he's pretty shot, but he does have passive victory. So, um, I see it the same thing. Knockout first round for Tuck. Um, uh, Tuck and cash, question mark? Yeah, so I was looking at this, and, and I feel like you're going to be forced to take some of these low-floor, high-ceiling guys in cash. Uh, like we'll talk about the Arlovsky-Tibura fight, you know, the, the Harris-Asker uh, fight, this fight. Like none of these fights are exactly high-floor, but there's just not a lot of options. And, and so, yeah, my, do I – in a vacuum, do I want to play John Tuck? Not necessarily, but he he's got good odds for the price. Great, uh, you know, prop to win inside the distance. He'll be able to strike and probably get a takedown. Um, so yeah, I don't mind him. I, I think he's fine in cash. Yeah, and I think he certainly has uh, at the price per dollar probably one of the best on the board. I think. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to the main card, which still is on the fight pass, which they promote as free, but isn't free. Well, you uh, should get well, fight uh, pass if you haven't gotten it already, because it just if you want to do some real analysis, just watch fights all you know all week of, of fighters on the upcoming card. It'll give you a much better idea of, of how these fights are going to play out. Um, and you'll be able under you'll be able to understand what what we're talking about more. And it's probably the single biggest research tool that I use. So yes, it's not free, but I use it's that thing it. every single day. So yeah, it's worth it in my opinion. Yeah. And the nice thing about it too, is that they have a lot of the different organizations. It's not just the UFC. So we can see a lot of the upcoming up and coming fighters. So on the main card, we started off with uh, Rafael Dos Anjos versus Tariq, Tariq Safadine. 
Um, we have RDA moving up in weight here. Um, RDA can be had for 9,000 on DK and Terry can be had for 7,200. Uh, RDA is a minus 265 favorite versus the underdog Tarek Safadine at minus, uh, plus 225. A little bit of money coming down on Safadine after weigh-ins. Um, that's what the first thing I took away was, man, Safadine looked a lot bigger. Um, what do you see in this one? Uh, maybe a speed coming up, a little bit of speed or something with uh, RDA is going to beat the old man, Safadine, or uh, what do you see? Yeah, there? well – the biggest the biggest factor in this fight is, is Dos Anjos is moving up from 155 to 170, right? He held the belt at 155, uh, supposedly had horrible weight cuts, was, you know, passed out in the tub beforehand, and, and he still looked good. He, you know, besides the one fight he got knocked out against uh, Alvarez, like, he put up a good fight against Tony Ferguson, um, and supposedly he walked around in, like, 190 to fight at, at lightweight and supposedly he's just as big, if not bigger for this. So he's a big boy. He's not going to be small. Um, I think that will help him. And I think he's a good enough overall fighter to beat Tarek Safadine. Safadine has a technical game, but he's not really dangerous anywhere. Uh, you know, he's a good striker, but like just looking at his, you know, his, record he lost a split decision lost a unanimous decision won a decision lost a third round tko won a decision 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 like his last finish was in 2010 i he's think he's not a finish he's the problem with safadine is he's just not a finisher and that's what's scary on DraftKings is you need to target the guys we always are just a broken record by saying you need guys that are pushing forward you know, getting the action in your face. And RDA is one of those guys. That's that's the thing about this. But I think what's we got to talk about is it's a minus 275 to go the distance. So are you concerned that neither of these guys are really capable of scoring what they need to? Well, yeah. I mean, just on the flip side, Safadine's only been knocked out once in his career. Uh, and that was in the third round against Rory McDonald. I do think Dos Anjos can get some takedowns. So I, I, I don't. Hate see, I would see it the other way around, but that's just me. I, I, I saw that Safadine was able to kind of revert just, you know, instinctually. Was it uh, against Kim last time? Uh, yeah. Down. Um, and, I mean, that's later in a fight, too. I mean, that's a good, smart fighter trying to shoot in for a takedown. I see it. I don't know. I don't want to say Safadine is going to win, but if he's going to win, it's going to be pretty ugly. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna land takedowns. I think if Safadine wins, it's going to be a split decision, just like it was against uh, Kim. Ugly, slow-paced striking, and I'm just not willing to target him on DraftKings for that reason. Um, I think Dos Santos is in play, but it's hard to know what to expect from him, and I don't think he finishes the fight. So. I'm certainly not going to invest heavily in him. He might be like an upper-tier sprinkle, but uh, he's not going to be one of my primary plays. But I, I, I am picking Dos Anjos to win. Yeah, we're both on the same page. Dos Anjos to win, but uh, it's just I don't know. It's a question mark around how what his ceiling really is in the fight. Let's move on to the highly, highly debated um, next fight. Um, 
draft, we see Colby Covington come in as a favorite. Uh, DraftKings, he's 8,500 versus Stun Gun, not the Maestro. Maestro Don Young Kim's fight was canceled last week and cost people money. But this is yeah. Stun Gun uh, at uh, 7,700. Um, we see Colby come in as a minus 325 favorite versus Stun Guns 265. Um, <laughs> this is fun. I mean, we got a DraftKings. Uh, I'm trying to think who we could compare him to when it comes to things. I mean, he Tim is. Elliott. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's the guy for DraftKings. I mean, he should just if they had sponsorships, he should get sponsored by DraftKings. Uh, but we got Kim, who's just a, a journeyman who's been really, what, beaten three times and only by the best of the best. So uh, do you think he can prevent these takedowns? And do you think Colby has improved the striking? And before I get into this fight, let me since I brought up Tim Elliott, let me talk about him real quick since oh. he lost in like 40 seconds and lost me a lot of money. Uh, I just want to go back to that because I, I think it's really important not to be results oriented. And, and I try to say this and like, I don't think people believe me, but like, it doesn't matter who wins the fight. Like it's more important to understand how the fight's going to play out on both sides. Tim Elliott lost in a minute. We knew that he could lose. Right. And we knew that if he lost, it would probably be a high scoring fight for, for Ben Wynn. But if Elliott won that fight and he was, likely to win the fight even if it was at worst a 50 percent chance if Elliot won that fight he was going to land a ton of takedowns and passes so for that reason regardless of the outcome he made for a strong play and it didn't work that time there are going to be several times down the road that it doesn't work again but it's important not to be like oh I shouldn't have targeted because I am getting some of that I shouldn't have targeted Tim Elliott uh, there were, you know, he, he had a beer while he was in Thailand. So therefore I knew Ben Wynn was going to, you know, sum, submit him. It doesn't, DraftKings doesn't work like that. Okay. And, and this is similar in a sense because am I positive Covington is going to win? No, but I will have heavy exposure to him because if he wins, he's going to land a lot of takedowns. And I don't think you know, it's in part because I don't think Kim's terrible. I don't think Covington's just going to get him down and Kim's just going to lay on his back and give up. No. Kim will get back up. And Covington is relentless, and he will continue to get the, to try and get the takedown. So if Covington wins, he will land several takedowns, in my opinion. Um, he may not finish. He may not get a ton of passes. He may not get a ton of significant strikes. But the total portfolio of those things, I think, will, will score a fair number of points. And he's only 8.5K. So I find it very likely that he ends up on the winning lineup if he wins this fight. It's up to you how much exposure you want on Covington because it's not a lock that he wins. Kim is a very tough test. I've seen a lot of smart people on Kim. Um, but a, a lot of what I'm hearing is, you know, I think I think Kim's going to win because I, I think he can defend the takedowns, um, which – you, you can defend takedowns, but that doesn't win you the fight. You have to actually put out offense. And I'm just – I'm not sure where Kim is better than Covington at this point. I think Kim has a questionable chin. I don't think he's going to get takedowns on Covington. So it really comes down to he would have to defend the takedowns for three rounds and win the striking. And I'm not even confident that he wins the striking. So 
I don't see a ton of upside on Kim anyway, even if he wins this fight. I don't, like I just said, I don't think he's going to finish or score a lot of takedowns. So it's probably going to be low scoring. And I think Kim will be fairly popular. Um, I think Covington will be fairly popular too. But if part of that ownership is being pushed onto Kim, I'm just going to have more Covington. And I will be completely fine if he loses because, again, if Covington wins, I think he scores highly. may not be 150, but it'll be takedown based. We know that. He's an NCAA All-American wrestler, relentless. He'll grind it out for three for three rounds. Um, so does, did, Do I need to clear anything else up? <laughs> no, I, I, I think you did everything on that one. But, it, again, you have to look at it uh, – Percentage-wise, you can't be results-oriented. It's just you're not in it for the long term uh, if you're going to be results-oriented. And look, just look to baseball. An average hitter is 300, right? You get up 10 times and you're going to get three hits. You're looking at overall long-term uh, results here. We targeted him. We knew he was in a decent spot. So this is the same type of thing. And yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I don't even think I have to touch this. I think <laughs> Covington and- is literally price per dollar points is the best on the card and it, it, it rightfully so but i was shocked that he was 8500 i don't know were you surprised at his price i mean it's I just because there's a ton of heavy favorites nine. yeah and he opened it like minus two thir- 210 and moved up to like 230 and he's since been bet up to like minus 325 so i think there's also odds value in him uh if you believe in that sort of stuff which i do so yeah. I, I definitely like Covington. I, I think he wins. I hope he wins. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll be putting my money on him. Yep. I'm same boat Covington all the way. Let's move on to two uh, big boys. We're going to move on to Marcin Tabora, who's the favorite whom he had for 8,700 versus Andre Pitbull uh, Arlovsky uh, at 7,500. Um, we have uh Tybora as a minus two forty favorite, and Arlovsky's seen a little bit of love <laughs> with his weak chin at two hundred plus two hundred. Um, what do we think, younger fighter? Arlovsky's hanging on. We think in Tybora in this one. Yeah, probably. It's just it's if you you know just go back and watch the Takanori Domi analysis. Like Arlovsky has was once able to take a punch and now it seems like he cannot uh he's been finished in four straight he's been knocked out in three of the four he's been knocked out 10 times in his career that's a lot and this is not the the division to be in if you don't have a a strong chin um if if they both had equally good chins i don't know that i would go ahead and say tybura is going to kill him but odds are tybura is going to hit him at some point and I think it's likely that he hurts Arlovsky and finishes him. Um, the odds indicate that. The narrative indicates that. And I think he'll be a popular play for a good reason in tournaments. Uh, on the flip side, I don't even – maybe some Arlovsky, but Tybura is notoriously durable. So I don't even know if it's like a Tybura knockout or Arlovsky knockout. It might be like a Tybura knockout or – Tybura wins a decision or maybe Arlovsky late TKO decision. Like, I don't know if Arlovsky can, can knock him out. Tybura is pretty tough. Yeah. I think Tybura even has an advantage on the ground actually, but I don't think it's even going to get that far. If I he mean, can get it there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If, if he can. And um, I mean, he, wasn't it Tybura that had that amazing head kick knockout out of Victor Pesta. 
I mean, I really don't wish that upon anyone, but it could be a highlight knockout. Yeah, no, I I think a lot of people will be on Tybura for obvious reasons. I'm hoping, and this is just a hope in tournaments, Andre Olofsky's name brings a little bit of ownership because – I well, mean, that's I'm, why I asked you about him versus yeah. Asker, and I think Arlovski is going to be more popular. He's in the co-main event. He's the bigger name. He's got better odds. I, you sure I, you don't want to switch? No, no. Well, you have to make some sort of uh, hat bet, I think, on this one at the end of the show or something, because I seriously am just certain of – I mean, Arlovski, what is it, four straight losses? I mean, at least yeah. you're getting a little bit of recency bias on my guy, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I hear your point. I just think you're wrong. Uh, we'll we'll find. I mean, it'll be close. I don't think either of them is going to top twenty percent, even maybe yeah. maybe maybe oh, low twenties. But I don't uh, even know if Arlovski's going to even sniff fifteen. Yeah, so oh, they'll, 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 like the dogs are so bad on this card that i think people are just going to go all the way down i mean at least people know who betch is i mean i'm not gonna i don't think you would stack ever ever in a tournament but i'm just wondering if people are going to think and this is actually what i was thinking basing lineups was if i if i think i can get five first round knockouts and get someone else in there or or, or not maybe not five but like say four solid knockouts or something in the first round right would you even consider stacking the main event in this one because it's a weird card i mean we're we're basically to the main event you want me just to introduce it because i might sure. as well because yeah. i think we're both on tybor and the uh on the co-main let's uh go to the main event and this is uh 2017 and we have <laughs> holly home uh versus betch in the main event we have uh home at uh, 9600 on DraftKings and uh betch correa at 6600 uh on DraftKings. The odds on the fight are uh, minus 550 for home in uh, Betch Correa at uh, plus 425. I am just kind of taken back that this is a main event, but I understand that they're trying to put Holly in a good spot. And yeah, and it's the reason it's the main event on a card that no one's going to watch. <laughs> if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's true. Um, Build her back up, it, it, I, it seems. I think the pick has to be home. I don't know how you can pick Bechkehea outright. I do think she has a chance in in theory. There are things she can do to win the fight. Home, I've never been high on on home. Um, I picked her to win in spots, but I've never been high on her, and I'm still not high on her, but I'm also not high on on Kohea at all. I think – most likely, Kahea is going to rush in, um, and Holmes is going to sit back and, and point counter. And I think eventually she's probably going to hurt Kahea and finish her. But she's also the most expensive fighter on DraftKings, so I don't know if you want to have any shares of her, even if she does get the finish. Like she actually has a good inside distance prop. I think it's like minus one twenty one or something like that. Yeah, I have it in front of me. Did, it's minus one twenty one. Did yeah. that have recent line movement on it? Yes, because if you looked at the total, the total opened, I believe, and this I don't even I'm not don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the total opened at like minus one twenty five, and the line was uh, four and a half rounds, and I believe it's since been bet down. Um, but right. because of that, I, I, I really do 
like batch. And listen, this is, you know me, I don't stack ever, 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 ever. But this is one of those weird cards where I just think if chalk hits, meaning all the, the favorites do win like they're supposed to, that she could potentially be one of the better scorers down here in the garbage people. I mean, at 6,600, she's not going to finish. I understand. But she's also going to have some output as long as you think that the fight's going to go for five rounds the distance. Um, it's just a pure... Uh, game theory like I don't think home in a five-round fight has a potential without without say no knockdowns I mean even say one knockdown has a potential of being a hundred point score I think she's just going to throw strikes and it's just it's it's counter-striking and it's just being aggressive the aggression isn't there so I personally I just don't know I don't think you're on the same page as this but I don't like home in tournaments, I'm just finding myself just getting everyone else that I like for first round knockouts. And that doesn't mean I'm going to play batch. I'm not high on batch by any means. I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't see Holmes upside. I, I mean, so, I know the line movement dictates it, but I see so, five yeah, round fight. Let, let me, let me bring up a few points. So the first point there, there was, there has been significant line movement on home inside the distance from around plus 130 to minus 120 to me knowing this industry i think some smart people bet on home inside the distance and that makes me think home probably wins inside the distance but even if she wins inside the distance even if she if she scores if home scores 100 points she's not going to end up on the winning lineup she has to score well over 100 points and even then it it's going to have to depend on the underdog. I, th I think there's a chance that there will be only one or two underdogs who win. And I just don't know if regardless of who those are, unless it's like Sasaki and Camacho, I don't think they'll even be able to afford home. So I have a feeling that regardless, regardless of what she scores, she's not going to be on the winning lineup. Um, and yeah, I really have zero interest in home in tournaments. So I'm with you on that. I do think Kahea is interesting but I prefer her in cash games. I think her ceiling's about 35 points unless she pulls off a decision. Yeah. 35, maybe she might get finished, like I said, so it might be less than that. But yeah. 35 points at most, I'd be totally happy with that in cash games. In tournaments, I think a lot of people are going to be like, hey, let's go to Kahea. She's in a five-round main event. No underdog's going to win. I'm positive of that. People, people say that to me all the time. Some underdog will win. So... Uh, I don't love her in tournaments. I want fighters who will win in tournaments, and I don't think she wins. So it's really not a fight I'm interested in. My preferred play out of all of this is Kahea and Cash, which makes my stomach turn a little bit. But that's well, DraftKings for you. It's 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 funny that like right away I was trying to look at this and make lineups when I first saw the uh, salaries. And I'm just like, you know, I got to put home in there. And then I'm like, wait a minute, there's no salary left. I mean, like you said, you have to go to like Sasaki or um, um, just Camacho. Camacho. And, and I don't want to do that. I, I just see the other side. So it could be a weird week where um, tournament wise, you don't even have a main event in the uh, winning lineup. So it looks like we're both on the same page on this side of things um let me go to the lobby real quick and see what's in there i know that there's a takedown 30k takedown this week uh we also have uh 
the 20 max entry again, that's fun. And I know the popular contest is the $20 three max. Brett, quick few words here. Uh, target the mid range. Don't dumpster dive. Don't try to do uh, full stars and scrubs. Try to get fighters who will win. So target the mid range. Yep. I happen to agree a hundred percent. Um, punting here is not going to turn out well. I, uh, thank everybody for watching next week. We have, uh, Kiesa versus Lee. Um, your mama jokes are get ready. Twitter. Your mama jokes are going to be flooding. Uh, out there and i don't want to see what sun Tzu has in store for the yo mama jokes <laughs> um brett uh nice to have you um hope we have if we don't win i hope you guys win and i thank you all for watching see you Bye, everybody Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 